Welcome Mandalorian Fakers to the Mando Roundup, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. It's time to kick back at the saloon with a dust stick or two and enjoy this week's recap of the Mandalorian. Ah, bounty hunting is the life, wouldn't you agree? Dipper, mm. dude, what do you what do you have over there? Hmm. Oh, it's just these new classic Vlasic pickled snoke spears. Hmm. They're amazing. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, Disney got on this very quick. Unlike when they uh, had Baby Yoda on the first episode of The Mandalorian, it took almost a year to release any merchandise. We now have on the shelves at the grocery aisle these delicious pickled snoke pickles. They mm. are wonderful. Mm. And I bought up as many as I could because these <laughs> things are selling like hotcakes. Oh, great. Well, it's uh, time for the Mando Roundup brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. Uh, this is our cousin podcast to Faking Star Wars Radio. We'd love it if you would go ahead and subscribe to both of these podcasts and leave us a review. My name is Storm Duper. You can find me on Twitter at Storm Duper. And to my right in the studios here in Topeka, Kansas is none other than Gemma the Hut with a J. And where can our fans follow you? At Gemma the Hut. You're a recent uh, subscribee on the Twitter, aren't you? Yeah, I'm learning to Twitter. It's a little complicated. Do you have a parlor account yet? No. What's that? <laughs> Tell maybe, me all about maybe that. Maybe next week. All right. Um, well, we would love to give a big welcome to everybody out there. If this is your first time listening, uh, definitely check out the site, fakingstarwars.net. Uh, we're here every Tuesday, and Faking Star Wars Radio releases every other Thursday or so. We'd also like to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash fakingstarwars. You can join fake Jedi Padawan Stephen Howard, the Media Cratics, or Darth Taxis and Keith Harmon, who support us at the fake Jedi Knight level. You know, Gemma, you can join for a buck a month and you even get a you even get a gift if you just give us a dollar. It sounds like a good group to be a part of. It's excellent. You know, you can feel like you're part of something new, something big, something happening in the world, especially during this time of coronavirus. So, all right. Well, we're here to talk about The Mandalorian. Have you seen it yet, Gemma? Yes. Yeah. Episode four, we're up to now, The Siege, directed by Carl Weathers. I think you mean episode 12. Oh, I suppose. Yes, you're right. It is episode 12 of the full show. So are we going to get up to like episode like 165, I guess, eventually? If people want to keep their Disney subscriptions, it seems like that's the way it's going to have to be. Cool. Well, we've got a great review show for you. You're going to hear our predictions from last week, who was correct, Gemma's synopsis of this great episode, and our WH journalistic questions. But first, you know, Gemma, um, I have to tell you, I have a bit of a problem uh, because I, you know, during coronavirus, my beard has gotten out of control. We are talking like crazy crazy amounts of, of beardage a quarantine beard yep i got a crazy one and not only on my face but also down there on my ball sack oh. it is quite quite hairy a lower beard the problem was you know i haven't been out shopping in forever and i made the very ill-advised decision to use my beard trimmers on my pubes and then you use them on your beard again right uh i tried to but i'm telling you those clippers were so clogged and disgusting and horrible i actually burned out the motor if you can believe it <laughs> so i can believe it i kind of ended up with this half beard situation which was uh, not extremely attractive um but uh that problem I don't have that problem anymore thanks to Manscaped.com because of the Perfect Package 3.0. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Do not be the hairiest Jedi in the resistance. Duper, I just got it. 
perfect package. There you go. That's right. And this is designed as a package for men. I just love the idea of men respecting themselves and taking care of that part of their body. You know, you sometimes as men, we're a little bit shy about that. We sort of ignore it like it's going to go away. Trust me, guys, it's not going to go away. And this product makes it just so easy to take care of it down there. Inside the Perfect Package 3.0, you are going to find their electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0. Isn't that a fantastic name for this? It's pretty clever. You know, all their names are very punny and clever, but this is not a gimmick product. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. A lot of guys are shy about taking care of themselves down there, mainly because they didn't learn how to do it. I remember when I was in the Imperial Academy, uh, you know, they just kind of give you a straight razor and say, go to town. Um, and most of the enlistees in the Imperial Army do not take care down there just because they, they never learned how to do it. But Manscaped really takes care of you. There's instructions how to approach the problem, and it really gives you some confidence to, to do this. It is time to take off into hyperspace. Don't be left behind, guys. I really encourage you to think about getting this product for yourself, for loved ones. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And Gemma, of course, let's not forget also about the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Most guys already put deodorant on their armpits, yeah? So why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? They should be putting deodorant on there. Absolutely. For on-the-go freshness, you will love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. And both of those products are included in the Perfect Package 3.0. It's fantastic. I can tell you personally, Gemma, um, I have dry skin, and my balls looked as dry and gnarled as Rancor skin. And now they look like Baby Yodas. Yes, they're nice and soft and supple. Um, I have to say, I'm kind of proud of them right now. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. The Death Star is no match for Manscaped's incredible grooming tools. It is time to become a Jedi Master of your grooming game with the Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FSWRADIO, all in caps, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's FSWRADIO, all in caps. Get 20% off and free shipping with FSWRADIO as your code at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. Do it today. Manscaped.com. Use the code FSWRADIO. May the force be with your balls. And thank you for sharing, Duper. All right, Gemma. Well, before we jump into the review, um, I, actually, I actually have to issue a retraction. Um, when we were discussing episode two of the Mando Roundup, I actually referred to one of the creatures as a Tito, uh, the one that uh, Mando had to negotiate with to get Baby Yoda back. Mm -hmm. Remember him? Yeah. He's actually not a Tito. I was mistaken. He's a Scrapjaw Motito. A mojito? Yeah, he's a mojito. Yeah, I believe both creatures we did see on Jakku and Force Awakens. That's why I was a little bit confused. And I actually didn't know the name of the mojito creature, so... Thank you for being so responsible for that. You know, no fake news on uh, faking Star Wars radio at all. Nothing but the truth here, Gemma. Nothing (laughs) but the truth. Um, And so, yeah, so this episode, The Siege, directed by Carl Weathers, Grief Karga, Apollo Creed. Um, Give us your synopsis. What happens, Gemma? Okay, so the Mandalorian is flying around in his uh, his ship. Razorcrest? <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, there's too many names. Um, he's flying around, and the inside of the ship looks like a middle-aged lady decorated her lake house. You know, it's that beach theme. 
And so he's like, we got to get this theme fixed because we can't we can't look at this like either the wallpaper goes or I do. So they need to get their ship remodeled. And so they they land on the planet and they meet their old friends who are named Cara Dune and Grief Karga. Yes. Gina Carano and Carl Weathers. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of names floating around here. Anyways, they see their old friends and the old friends are going to help them get their ship fixed. But of course, they have to save a village from something. So they go and the something that they have to save the village from this time is some kind of um, base. A partially abandoned haunted base. Ooh, it's sort of a dungeon, right? Pickled snow. <laughs> so it's basically like an episode of Scooby-Doo. Search your feelings for clues, Fred. You know it to be Scooby to be true. Now join me, and together we'll rule the galaxy, creating mysteries not even the most meddling kids can solve. No! I'll never join you! Not even for a Scooby Snack! Um, we do see the return of that blue fish face guy that wasn't very likable, so I'm not sure uh, why he's kind of back in this, I guess, as a comedic foil. So uh, they go out there and they destroy the base and they save the village and there's some explosions and some lava and then they, they think they've gotten away uh, scot-free, but then there's a tracker placed on the Mando's newly remodeled ship. Ooh. Very ominous. Big surprise there. Uh, no surprise there. <laughs> the red, blue-eyed, bug-eyed alien is responsible always. They always look bad, right? You know, the <laughs> bad guy always looks bad. So the Mandalorian's got a new ship. He's off to the next place, but then he's also got company probably following him. In the name of Moff Gideon, huh? Yes. Cool. Well, that's a pretty good synopsis. You you didn't mention the armor at the end, which we'll probably get into here. But um, yeah, I think I think it's a pretty good synopsis. It is sort of a dungeon episode, dungeon escape. Um, but let's start at the beginning. I really want to know, uh, what did you think about our predictions from last week? Uh, you know, I've I got think a little we were grin both, right? over here. No, no. I think don't don't get too excited. Um, I was like 75% right, and you were like 95% right. Gemma, I specifically said that they are going to go back to Navarro to get the Razor Crest repaired and meet up with Cara Dune and Grief Cargo, which is exactly what happened. And then save a village, just like I said. So we're both right. Same, same, not different. Let's move on. I don't need to move on. I also want to remind our fans out there that if you go back and listen to our Mandalorian preview episode, which released on October 28th, I predicted the main plot of this episode, which is going to be harvesting Yoda's blood so that they can feed it to the Emperor Snoke to revive him. Yes. The QAnon Baby Yoda Blood Conspiracy 2020. And if you guys know anything about Duper is that he's smug about his predictions. I have never gloated ever. He loves gloating. (laughs) Okay, so Gemma, who decided uh, that Mithril, the turquoise-faced bug man, needed to make a dramatic return? Mithril? Yeah, that's his name. Not Myron? No, it's Mithril. Myron. So confusing. Myron? Who came up with Myron? That would have been a better name than Mithril. (laughs) Mithril sounds like Mithril. Like Mithril Mithril from uh, Lord of the Rings? Like that armor that they were? No, no, no. I feel like I need a dictionary for this show. Um, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the characters. I just think he's goofy. Um, It's, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm just not quite sure he's Star Wars enough. Like the tone of his character is just a little bit guardians of the galaxy for me like when he sees the mandalorian and he like farts out of fear or i don't know if that was a fart but it was like a puff of something which sort of was gross that was definitely a fear fart (laughs) 
<laughs> That's not Star Wars. So what? Pe- what people at Star Wars don't fart. <laughs> right. Oh no, you they, you do if you're an animal. We have lots of examples of farting creatures in like the Phantom Menace. There should be less of that. Yeah, I think I think uh, an Opie Opie or whatever farted in Jar Jar Binks's face at some point. <laughs> he deserves it. Um, what is the deal with everything being a weird shade of turquoise on this show? Again, you know, I think you should tell me all about that. I think you have some thoughts. It's or you like have asked. I don't know. It's kind of like you know Bubba Gump. Uh, you know, like Bubba from Forrest Gump got a hold of the script and was like, Mithril turquoise, Spotska turquoise, shrimp turquoise, tadpole egg turquoise. Macaroons, turquoise, pickled snow clones, turquoise, baby vomit, turquoise. That might have just, you know, it's the hot color for next season. I suppose, yeah. I'm going to, if I get married, I'm going to get a turquoise tuxedo for sure after this show. I think it's funny, like the macaroons uh, that that little kid was eating was probably the most normal looking food I've seen on this show. Yes, the little packet of macaroons they got out of the vending machine. I mean, I don't know if they were not meant to be macaroons, but they basically looked like macaroons. They are definitely macaroons. The prop people got really lazy on that one. Right, right. Well, I mean, I guess it's a nod to to kids, and and that school scene was actually kind of cool. There's there's actually a lot going on there uh, with the uh, the nod to like the protocol droid, and um, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but one of the girls has her hair styled exactly like Ray Skywalker. As well. Um, I did not notice because I was too busy staring at the baby. I would F- fueling so rampant speculation that it's like Ray's mom, and if that were the case, she'd have to have Ray when she was like 15. So that's kind of creepy. Ew, duper. I I didn't come up with this. This is all over the internet, right? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on here to the next question. So when did those two guys uh, that are working for Grief Karga, uh, his best men or whatever, when did those two guys have time to completely fix the Razor Crest in like twenty nine minutes while they did their little jaunt out to the base? So a couple things, duper. Star Wars doesn't happen in real time. I'm sure it was more than twenty nine minutes. Um, also. There is a tradition of fixing ships in Star Wars. Very quickly. Yes. This was very exaggerated. I have to say, I view this as an actual plot hole because Baby Yoda is in class learning algebra and they go off to the base. And by the time he gets out for recess, the Razor Crest is like shiny, bright new. I don't think it works that way. I'm okay with that. I wouldn't have wanted to sit around in a shop drinking stale coffee and watching a tiny TV while the Razor Crest gets fixed. Yeah, like I mean, I'm okay. Let's yeah, dude, that's that's fine with me. I I just think that it's still a little bit convenient. I didn't like that part I of this. I think you're you're being a little nitpicky, <laughs> a little nitpicky duper. Well, look, I love this stuff, and I have to I have to scrape it over the coals, you know, find everything. Um, another thing is like when uh, Grief Karga meets Mando, uh, and he's like, "Has Mando been taking good care of you?" I have to say, the one thing I was thinking was, "No, he's been letting <laughs> me get eaten by a giant fish monster and electrocuting me." <laughs> <laughs> He's a bad babysitter. Yeah, so there's a couple things there that I, I wasn't so happy with. And, uh, I mean, not to belabor it, not to kick at that horse, but I do have one more example of an asinine observation. Gemma, would you like to hear it? Uh, no, but go ahead. So I don't know if you remember in Solo, the Solo movie, uh, Lando's talking about uh, where they need to go to get to the spice, you know, on Kessel. And he says that it's somehow they have to go through the Achates Maelstrom. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we've not heard about the Achates Maelstrom before then, to my knowledge, in the canon films. Well, in this episode, the protocol droid is talking about the hyperspace routes, and she actually calls it the Achadesi Maelstrom. And I did not like that. There was no consistency about the pronunciation there. 
Again, I'm okay with that. You have to spend a little bit of belief. Um, no, this invalidates the entire episode uh, to me. Like Kathleen Kennedy, you've ruined Star Wars. It's either the Akadizi or Akadizi. Duper, she's not involved anymore. <laughs> you know, she's she's off at, at Applebee's eating her poutine fries, and you know she only comes out when there's some feminist storyline. Right, right. So we did get a nod to an old character from A New Hope, which are the Aqualish, these walrus spider type creatures. So where did the Aqualish have time to find a volcanic squirrel to eat? And is this a veiled racist commentary on the dangers of eating wild animals at wet markets? No, I don't think it's that sophisticated. Um, What I do actually think is interesting is that in the Star Wars universe, uh, it's hard to tell what is acceptable to eat and what is unacceptable to eat. For example, on the last planet, the seafood planet we were on, we could not probably eat the squids with man bodies, but we could eat the regular squids. And I just don't know how they draw the line. (laughs) What's a pet? What is food? What is sentient? It's, It's a mess. Uh, it, you know, it's all it's all food from a certain point of view, I guess. <laughs> a certain point of view? Luke, I know you think you can't trust me That I'm alive, just shouldn't believe But please know it's all true From a certain point of view Okay, Duper, I'm about to ask kind of a rude and controversial question. Say it ain't so, Gemma. Why has Marshall Cara Dune um, beefed up so much in her time as Marshall? <laughs> is, she, is she eating her feelings? I don't know. It's like, she seems pretty happy, but like she's really like, uh, I don't know. She's just gotten tougher. She's tougher been hitting looking. the old Navarro buffet, I guess. And I, and I love that, though. I mean, I, I'm really happy that they're, you know, she looks effective at her job. She's not you know, too small to do her job. Yeah, it's weird, you know, because she, she does look great. I mean, I'm, I'm sec- definitely sexually attracted to her, um, but she is beefy now in this season, like not not like she was in the first season. I don't know. Maybe maybe she just wants to bulk up. Maybe she's going to, maybe she's got another role coming on or something. Uh, this could signal her departure from The Mandalorian. Many people have speculated. Like <laughs> you gained too much weight and you get kicked off the show or what? I guess. I Yeah, I just don't know. Um, but it was noticeable, definitely noticeable that she has bulked up, man. Well, I don't know if it was accidental or on purpose, but I like that they're just going with it. I think that it's, I think that it's purposeful. I mean, she's a she's a, a professional UFC fighter. She's got very good understanding of diet and, and weight gain and weight loss. So I, I don't think that would have just happened on accident. I mean, I'm a hut. Who am I to talk? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Duper, last question here. Um, how many more episodes will it be until we see Snoke or some Snoke clone or something trying to drink uh, Baby Yoda's blood? You know, that's going to be the the end, I think, of this season. We're going to see either like a baby Snoke uh, or something, or they're going to get Baby Yoda's blood. They're going to sneak in and harvest it somehow at night. Um, so I'm not sure we're going to see much more of this part of the subplot this season. I think they might develop that in the next season. Although Grief Karga, maybe we can get into this in the prediction episode, but or in the prediction part of the show. But uh, I do think it's going to become a major plot point going forward. Well, I mean, they do have to do something to keep the Disney subscription, so we'll probably see it sometime next year. All the all the uh, sequel trilogy hating fans who love The Mandalorian are going to lose it when they realize that this is just one long prequel for the sequel trilogy. I really hope that's not the case. <laughs> I'm going to laugh so hard. Don't laugh. Don't be smug. <laughs> You're smug enough, Duper. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Gemma, it's time to talk about our uh, Beskar rating for this episode. I'll start. I really liked this episode. I thought it was solid. It was fresh. I, I mean, there were a few weird plot points, notwithstanding. I'm going to give this episode an eight and a half. I'm going to get this episode an eight and three quarters. Um, oh, wow. You liked it even more than me. Yeah, I'm competitive. Um, I think this episode was probably the best one so far. Um, I'm just a little disappointed in the length. It's like they've really just tightened the budget. They're like, we can't do those 10 extra minutes. Um, that's kind of irritating. I think it could have used 10 extra minutes. Well, let's get into our speculations then. Gemma, uh, I'll go first this week. No, because... no, no. I'll go first this week. I went. You went first last week. I'm going first this week. Duper. <sighs> Okay, so Duper, I have no predictions about what's actually going to happen on the next episode. I don't know. There's no way of knowing. My one prediction is that I think this episode will be really, really bad. It'll have some random director attached to it who's going to be allowed to do whatever they want, and it's not going to fit the rest of the series very well at all. Okay, well, that's an interesting prediction given the fact that we know that Dave Filoni himself is directing episode uh, 13. Ah, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> and the title of the next episode is The Jedi. So presumably we're going to meet Ahsoka Tano. Um, I'm going to stray away from that prediction just because I think it's pretty obvious. But uh, here's my prediction. I think that we're going to get to the planet of Corvus or whatever it's called, uh, but we're not going to get there till nearly the end. I think that there's going to be some kind of space chase, uh, Mandalorian and the bug-eyed, red-eyed uh, alien um, and the, the new era or whoever they're called. They're going to have some kind of crazy space chase before they get to Corvus and meet Asukatano at the end. Mm, good wrap-up. Yeah. So we're not going to see much of her. Uh, no, no, no. Your time's up. Oh, okay. Well, are you excited to, to meet Ahsoka Tano, Rosario Dawson in person with those uh, Twi'lek um, tentacles? Are we sure that's going to happen? Absolutely. And will Baby Yoda try to eat those tentacles when he sees them? Stop being a pervert, Duper. A lot of people wonder if possibly Luke Skywalker may make an appearance in this episode, too. Yeah, so much wishful thinking going on here. I think this would be fantastic. I actually want it to happen. De-aged Mark Hamill. It's a thing. I, I really, you know, haven't heard much out of him lately. Mark Hamill, come back. You know, your hand no, on... No, no, no. We haven't heard anything out of him because he just, you know, he's playing on his pile of money like Scrooge McDuck. Like, he I doesn't see. have to do anything he doesn't want to do now. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if he was sitting there on Corva, Corvus or whatever the planet's name is, sitting there with... Uh, Ahsoka Tano and she's like oh your father was my mentor and my trainee but he turned to the dark side and looks like yeah I know Deeper. that's why I killed him Deeper. and they're having like a sob Deeper. session we're done <laughs> I think that would be very very we're, cool we're just done Anyway, all right, well, join us uh, next week for the Mando Roundup. This is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use code FSWRADIO, all in caps, to get your 20% discount and free shipping. And until next time, may the foe be with you. Thanks, everyone. This is the way.